Man, I am so grateful for Nate. Thank you, man. Oh, what a gift. What a gift. Well, happy Father's Day. Equal to Mother's Day. Come on, somebody. Equal, but different. (laughs) We all know where that scale tilts. Anyways, uh, a friend of mine sent me a little uh, text. It was great. He said the greatest gift a father can give to his children is to love their mother. Let's just close in prayer. Oh, I read, I read that guy. That's great. Wow, that's painful. So true. So true. Hey, we're going to continue the series on family matters. And we're talking about the importance of family and some specifics about family, uh, earthly families and our church family, God's family here on earth. Today's going to be kind of a combo of those two things as we're talking about communication. Now, how many of you would consider yourself a good communicator? <laughs> All right. There's a few of you. A few of you. Probably a couple of you are being humble. You don't want to brag. But inside you're going, I'm pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. Communication is so critical because good communication leads to human connections. And poor communication leads to human separation in relationships. So communication is real, real critical. It's really important we understand this. And the Bible talks a lot about communication. And we're going to kind of look at, I'm going to kind of look at the, uh, the difference between self-control in communication Anybody uh, ever wish you wouldn't have said what you said? Wish you would have slept on it? Let it go? Wasn't that important? Uh, But self-control versus kind of like speaking too quick, maybe losing your temper. Uh, the, the, The anger issue, I know it's for nobody here. It's just for those online. Right. Nothing will test your self-control more than family. Somebody say amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. But communication is so critical. And so what I want to do, I'm going to walk through a portion of Scripture, James chapter 1, 19, 19 through 27, and then in, intersperse some other verses as we go along. But just have this conversation and try to learn some tools, uh, Maybe some reminders for some of us about uh, maybe how we can improve in this area, right? All of us can improve in some area of communicating. And here's the beauty of it. The better communicator you are, the more effort you put into it, the greater and closer your relationships are going to be in life. It's true. It's true. Um, So this is really important. It's really critical. This really matters in life. Um, Sharon and I, our first few years of marriage, we, 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 first couple years were great. 
Everything seems to be free-flowing, happy. Everyone say happy. We were happy. I mean, it was like Disney happy. And uh, But um, year six and seven came along. Man, we just couldn't communicate. We could not connect. It was difficult. It was challenging. And, uh, and you know, I'm going to admit it. it. It was me. 80% of it. Maybe 70. Could have been 60. I don't know. But at least 50% of it was definitely me. Uh, but we just could not connect. And uh, thank God, started learning how to communicate a little better. But let's just start out with James chapter 1. And we kind of walk through this here. And here's what the word says. Understand this, uh, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to get angry. Now that's in order on purpose. That's in order on purpose. Now, unfortunately, uh, not, not only intuitively is this difficult for many of us, but our culture is on steroids going the opposite direction right now. In fact, I was thinking about this. We have some tech people in the room. If somebody could create a, a social media platform for listening, I, I'm probably giving away a billion dollar idea right now. Start running, man. Just imagine, I didn't know what that would look like, how that would work, but just imagine if there was a platform where, where you could just listen. There was no, and the person knew you were listening. Could you imagine that? That, that, that could be. That could be. A billion dollar idea right now, right now. But this is a very counterculture idea because most of us, What's the ready, aim, fire? We go fire, ready, aim. That's what our culture does. We fire first, and uh, we're not really concerned about the target. But in, 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 in the church, as a Christ follower, you and I have been reminded that we have two ears and one mouth. God gave us a visual, a reminder. And here's the beauty of it. Again, I'm, I'm going to just, you're going to hear this often from me. When we follow God's word, when we're quick to listen, it's for our benefit and our protection. Your, I'll put, I'll, I'll put it in, in personal. My opinion is just not always important. Turn to someone, let's have a little fun area. Turn to someone, hopefully you know them, and just say, you know what, your opinion, some of you have been waiting to say this for a long time, your opinion is not always important. Go ahead, go ahead, just free yourself, liberate yourself. It's just not, it's just not. Just because you think it doesn't mean you should speak it. The times in my life where I've gotten myself in the most trouble, is when I said something I should have either just swallowed or at least slept on and definitely not hit send. Some of us in the room could probably, we, we'd probably be a better person 
if we removed the ability to send on all of our devices. Am I getting close? Am I getting close? <laughs> There's a leadership principle that, that taps into this, and I, I try to do this as much as I can. But it's listen, learn, and then lead. First you listen. Then you learn from what you're hearing. And then based on that, you lead. And this is what I'm trying to do here at Christian Life Center. But if you want to lead, you need to listen you need to learn. You can only learn by listening. You can only learn by listening. Every time my lips are moving, I'm not learning. And that's true of you, Dip. Okay, verse 20. Let's keep going. Human anger does not, everyone say does not, produce the righteousness God desires. God desires. He desires you and I being right standing with him to live in a way that honors him, to live in a way that blesses others. And anger gets in the way of that. Anger gets in the way of that. So verse 21 says, so get rid. Now notice, again, sequence is important here. He's writing this on purpose intentionally. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives. Look at the assumption. There. If there's anger... There's something about my life that's not honoring, pleasing God. I've got habits. I've got to relocate out of my life. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God. Humbly accept the word of God. Anger and pride go hand in hand. Anger and pride go hand in hand. Anger and pride go hand in hand. Has anyone ever experienced that besides me? Folks, if you can't laugh at yourselves, you're, you're going to be a miserable human being on earth. You're going to be miserable. If you cannot laugh at yourself, you're going to be angry all the time. Because you're funny, whether you realize it or not. All right. <laughs> Humbly accept the Word of God, uh, the Word that God has planted in your hearts, for it is the power to save your souls. So there's an undercurrent oftentimes with expressions of anger, not necessarily your fault, could be childhood, who knows, of some something that's not right. And as we receive God's word, we replace those habits with God's word humbly. Humbly, we acknowledge that God's right, I'm wrong. Uh, then it's that what that does it literally transforms us into a into a, a healing environment. The word salvation is healing. That's what the word means. You're being recreated into who God wants you to be. And here's the truth: some of you are learning. Some of you need to learn. We can't change or fix other people. I'm, I'm just diving into marriage counseling right now, man. Can't do it. Only God and His Word can change people. You know what I find ironic? <clears throat> it's ironic. Uh, and I've done this. I've been the person that's trying to change somebody when folks, to be honest, I can't change myself. We get so focused on other people. <clears throat> what I like to say is I'm like a full-time job. 
as it is. <laughs> Thank you for the amen. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Did I mention you? You're six. We can laugh. <laughs> I'm a full-time job. I haven't got time. Right? Now, if somebody asks me for an opinion or counsel, I'd gladly give it to them. <clears throat> but we can't change or fix other people. Only God can do that. Now, some of you in the room, you think you have the spiritual gift to change people. You don't. It's not a gift. It's not a gift. You don't have it. You don't have it. Only talk about revival, right? That's impl- what's implied there. God doing a work. God doing a work. God doing a work. <clears throat> you can't fix your spouse. You can't fix your spouse. How many in the room have tried? Come on, let's be honest. Come on. Come on. Let's be honest. <laughs> Put your hand in. <laughs> How many have tried? Come on. Can't do it. Can't. No, that, that'll lead you right to marriage counseling right there. Can't do it. Proverbs 22, great verse, uh, says this. Do not make friends. With a hot-tempered person, do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Folks, it's a lot easier to pull somebody down than it is to pull them up. A lot easier to do that. So if you have a choice, right, uh, you've you got to make sure you don't become in association with somebody who is hot-tempered, you don't do it on purpose. On purpose. You don't want to do that. You don't want to, you got to get boundaries in your life. Here's my Father's Day verse for you. It's not, it's not, you're not going to like it, but it's a good one. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers or parents, really it's parents, but fathers, interpretation. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. There's a skill set in parenting um, that you only learn on the job, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, in that is not provoking your child to anger. That could be a little, little kid or even adults, even adult kids, right? Right? You don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Every time I do that, you do that, you're moving away from the will of God. Proverbs 13.1. I, I, I heard this verse when I was pretty much a brand new believer. And uh, it's been with me ever since. And uh, don't always get this one right. But here's the verse, uh, Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Can anyone relate to that verse? So, so here, here's, let me, let me say it a different way. Mature people lower the temperature in the room. Let's keep going with that thought. And immature people do what? Raise the temperature. So a mature person will bring the temperature down in a room. This is true in our earthly families, and it's certainly true in the church. Right? 
Uh, the church is diverse. The church it has a, a collective of humanity with all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of political views, all kinds of world views, all kinds of cultural views. And we got we to be patient and understanding and kind and gentle with one another. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because everyone is welcomed here, right? Right? Even people you don't like. I mean, I hope one day someone walks in there and you look at them, you see them, and you go, what are they doing here? And they in turn look at you and say, what are they doing here? Come on. Right? Everyone's welcome here. Everyone's welcome here. We're all on a journey, and we're all doing the best we can with God's help. But we bring the temperature down in the room. That's the key. First, getting back to James, verse 22. Uh, But don't just listen to God's word. I had this thought a while back. Uh, Some Christians, and probably myself at times, some Christians should stop studying God's word. I'm not done with the sentence, so don't freak out yet. Some Christians should stop studying God's word until they start living what they already know. Someone, that, that was your nugget for the day. Some of us, are, we're, we're, we're like in Bible studies and we're on reading programs and that's all good. It's all good. It's all, where's the camera? It's all good. But some of us, we'd be better off if we just stop the learning until we start the application in our lives. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only, if one, if there's one thing that the human condition is really good at, it's self-delusion. Self-delusion. That's why we have a hard time with uh, people who are really honest. You know, you got to balance honesty and love, right? Truth and love. you got to balance it. Well, some people are out of balance. Come on, you true people are in the room. You're out of balance, right? Truth. Tell the truth. But you don't do the love. Right? And uh, some of us don't like those people, not because they're rude or it's because they're, they're exposing us. They're exposing us. Because the truth's coming hard. Hard, hard, hard. Because oftentimes we fool or deceive ourselves. And we're good at it. We're good. We've got to be careful. That's why it's so important to have accountability in our lives, to have people we know, we love, we trust, who can speak into our life. Do you have that person in your life? Do you have that person in your life? It's real important. Somebody we know that cares for us can speak truth into our lives. But, but James says we can't just hear the word of God. We've got to do it. We've got to live it out the best we can. And listening without doing produces nothing at all. I can know the word of God. I can understand doctrine, and doctrine is important. And that's really, I can understand the 
Genesis to Revelation. But if I don't live it, what's the point? What's the point? If I tell my wife I love her, don't live it out, man. That's not going to go well. She definitely uh, believes in the what have you done for me lately principle. God knew what I needed. All right, let's keep going. Verse 23 in James, he says, For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, there's your benefit. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then, everyone say then. Man, we all want the blessing, man. We sing about it about giving it, but we want to receive it too. Then God will bless you for doing it. You want to live in the blessing of God, the provision of God, the favor of God, the grace of God. We've got to live out the word, not just hear it. We've got to live it out. In fact, in the Old Testament, the habit for the Jews was to recite the scriptures in the morning, in the afternoon, and the evening. The morning, the afternoon, and the evening. Why? Because we need that word in us to fight that corruption that God wants to root out of us. That evil, just corrupt nature of this world. But the word of God does that. The word of God cleans us up on the inside. The word of God allows our minds to think in a way that honors God and that leads us down a road of righteousness Health, prosperity, growth, relationships, etc., etc. But we need that Word of God in us constantly. Galatians 5, 20, 22 and 23 are some great words. Uh, many of you probably know these, these words. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces. Okay, we just said that listening without doing produces nothing. But the Holy Spirit wants to produce something in your life and mine. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This kind of fruit in our lives. Love? Who needs more love? Joy? Come on, man. Some Christians walk around like they're eating sour candy. Seriously, there are some believers I'm like, if I was a non-believer and I saw that all the time, Oh, Jesus doesn't look, he's doing much for that. Anyway, but love, joy, peace. 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 Peace is a confidence on the inside that God's in control no matter what's happening under circumstances. You're still at peace. You're calm. You're trusting God. Patience. Patience. Man, I'm just downloading sermons that I read these words here. But I can't, I can't do it. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The evidence, one of the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you is there's, there's the self-control. 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 God's helping you, partner with you, but you are choosing to Hold your tongue. You're choosing. You're choosing to not gossip. 
Man, gossip's a relational killer. Nothing will kill a relationship more than gossip. You are choosing self-control. God gives us the tools. God gives us the will. God gives us the desire. God gives us himself. And then we are to partner with him and have self-control. Self-control. Total opposite of anger. Verse 26, kind of wind this down here. If you claim to be religious, and in our, we, we would say uh, we're Christian, we're right with God, we've been saved, all this language, right? But if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're a what? Fooling yourselves. And your religion is what? Worthless. You know what's amazing to me? <clears throat> this is, besides this being so true. Do you know who knows how Christians are supposed to act? Non-believers. Non-believers. How is a Christian when you're not living like a Christian? Have you ever experienced that? It's so humbling. It's humiliating. It is. It is. You reset your entire life at that moment when that happens. But I'll tell you right now, a non-believer who may not like your religion, your faith, your Jesus, they'll let you know when you're not to who you claim to follow. And we think we're busy telling the world how to live. Folks, they want to tell us how we're to claim we're supposed to live. Right? Let's wrap this up. Verse 27. It goes on. Pure and genuine religion. In the sight of God the Father means, there's action to it, right? Caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. To let that world, that spirit, that zeitgeist, the spirit of this world corrupt us. Overtake what's good in us, the God in us. Listening with doing produces the will of God. Listening with doing produces the will of God. And that will of God will benefit you. It will bless you. It will make you stronger. It will make you sleep better at night. You have less regrets. Should I keep going? I got a list and a half. You will live a life worthy of your calling, which is where God wants you to be. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. We have one more song. Again, thank you, Nate, so much for being here again. I appreciate it. So grateful, man. Uh, but uh, to make sure I don't forget, fathers, as you leave, we have a gift for you. We have a gift for the fathers in the room. And it's, uh, I think it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool gift. So uh, you, you'll get that on the way out. But let me pray for you. Um, Father, thank you so much. For each person here in this room and all those online watching, God, I pray uh, that as we lean into you more, and uh, God, we uh, we want to honor you more, and uh, Father, we want to, uh, God, live a life pleasing to you, uh, live a life worthy of our call. Father, I pray that, God, you will allow this word to seep into our heart, into our minds, into our spirits. And God, it'll, it'll, it'll translate from our, our mind to our heart. And God, from our heart, it'll go to our actions. 
to how we live our lives. God, we want to live a life worthy of our calling. God, we want to live a life worthy of the price you paid on the cross. And God, I pray that we can do that with our tongue. Self-control. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.